Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Steven Sassafras. <laughs> no, no name generator there. No, it's from a YouTube video uh, with Suffian Stevens and friends of his did this video where she's trying to introduce him, but she keeps saying the wrong name because uh-huh. Suffian is hard to say, apparently. And so she's like... <laughs> Welcome, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> like, Stephen <laughs> Sassafras. And that was my favorite one, was Stephen Sassafras. Stephen Sassafras. Yeah. Isn't there... There's a show, I can't remember which one, but isn't there, like, a reoccurring bit where they get the person's name wrong? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's, like, at any show from the 90s. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. Um, dude, I really enjoyed talking about Harold and Maude last week. That was, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was good. That was good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I told mom she needed to check it out. I was like, you know, it's a little, it was a little shorter. I was yeah. like, but I was like, I think we did it. I think I we think did we a real good job. I think we did fine. I think we did great. You know? Yeah. Um, and let's hope we can keep up that momentum with this week's episode. Yeah. So if you uh, missed out last week on Harold and Maude, this week we are talking about Call Me By Your Name. Um, so you also hadn't seen no. Call Me By Your Name. I had not. So... I'm going to be honest, I, I, I was really nervous going into it. Okay. Because I, I did know the subject matter. Um, yeah. not in the Not in the sense of, you know, that it would have, I mean, not really that it would have made me uncomfortable necessarily, just like, you know, this kind of story, you know, is, sometimes can be hard to tell. Sure. Um, and I... I think the movie was awesome. Like I, re- I, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, really sweet, really loving, and you know, not. I, I honestly thought the worst because it's considered a drama. I was like, oh man, something's gonna happen to someone. Yeah, and it does have a somewhat happy ending. Sure, I mean, kinda, but it. Ugh. It was good. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I'm actually very disappointed in myself that uh, I waited so long to see it. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now you can open the door to watch the other ones. Uh, yeah. Like Moonlight, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I definitely want to check out Moonlight now. Yeah, Moonlight's um, so good. Uh, definitely Brokeback Mountain, you know, because I do love Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. Um, but yeah, so, Jeremy, where should we begin with this? Or, or do you want to well, continue? Well, actually, um, before we get started with the actual plot and whatnot, um, why this one? Again, it's on your list. So it's, on, so it's on my list, mainly because, again, it was one that I really wanted to see. I'd heard nothing but high praise about it, you know. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to give you a little pass for last week about what you said about Army Hammer. He does awesome. So, you know, Army, like, you know, man. To my knowledge, he has not forced anybody to do anything. So it's just a weird thing he's into as far as I'm concerned. And that that is not illegal or to be disparaged. Yes, it's weird and gross weird and maybe even a little defamed. But career ruining? I don't think so. Well... I mean, you know, yeah. we're not going to we're not going to get into yeah, that. Yeah, tell his wife that is what uh, everyone's yelling at me, and I understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but you know what? He he did he did great, and so of course, 
the movie came out in 2017 before all of that controversy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I'd seen ARMY in a few things, the social network being one of the biggest things I ever saw him in. Um, one of our podcast episodes, do you remember which one? Hang on. Give me a second. Sure. Yeah, take it. Give me a second. Oh, this is riveting. I don't remember. It's Nocturnal Animals. He's That's Nocturnal right. Animals. That's yeah. right. But at the time of knowing who Army Hammer was, I'd only, I'd only seen the Social Network. Yeah. And you're gonna laugh. Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. He's a Lone Ranger. Yeah. I saw that in the theater, and um, I wish I hadn't. It's on it's on the shelf over there oh, somewhere. Oh, that's unforgivable. Um, but anyway, but you know, and then of course, you know, I'd hear been hearing so much about this at the time. New actor, Timothy Chalamet. He was awesome. And I just never got around to it. Mainly because then I did hear of the the subject matter about this budding relationship between, you know, a teenager and this young man. And not necessarily that that made me uncomfortable it just i was like eh, maybe it's not the movie for me yeah you know but then the more we've done this the more i've kind of broadened my horizons with movies i was like you know what? it's it's time i think now is the time to finally sit down watch this movie appreciate it for what it is and i and i did and i cool. and i really enjoyed it i'm very glad i bought it physically yeah uh so now i can rewatch it um when ashley came home from work today i was like uh, well, technically it's a Saturday. Oops. Oops. She wasn't at work. <laughs> anyway, uh, when she came home, I told her, I was like, you know, you would, you would really love this. I yeah. think, I think you would really enjoy this movie. Yes. There's a few, you could say awkward moments. Sure. Yeah. I, I would say it's full of that, but it was still a fantastic movie. It was beautifully shot. Yeah. Beautifully acted. Uh, and, and kind of reminiscent of, uh, our single man episode about oh, this yeah. very this movie about love and and in this one a very sweet and and maybe I'm wrong uh, kind of innocent love in my opinion but cool but anyway I mean <laughs> so I mean that, that was just me so I mean I, I enjoyed it um, I mean again cast was great especially our boy Michael Stahlberg yes of um, course he was awesome. And yeah. I just want to say, Timothy Chalamet has had two great actors play dads for him in movies. Well, no, three, because of Dune. Um, yeah, right. But Steve Carell and Beautiful Boy, which will happen sometime later this season. Sometime. And uh, now Michael Stahlberg. Uh, I think I think they just, they pair him with a father figure really well. Yeah. And I think every actor they've paired him with to play his father, they've the, whoever's casting these movies are knocking it out of the park. Yeah, good opinion. job casting directors. <laughs> You're doing great. Okay, so, um, so Jeremy. Yeah. How how would you like to tell people about this movie? How where where should we start? Well, I mean, we can start just bare bones, right? We bare can bones. start, uh, you know, with what is this movie about? So, um, try not to go too long. Um, yeah. Uh, this young man, Elio, and his family live in Italy. Somewhere in northern, Somewhere in Italy. northern Italy. Yep. And they host graduate students every summer. Mm-hmm. Um, his father's a professor of something. Archaeology. Thank you. I looked it up. Oh, thank you. And, and every year they host a, a graduate student to help 
with research, study, and things like that, I'm assuming for college credit. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, they never openly answered that question, but yeah, that's, I think, probably about it. Uh, this year, it is uh, Oliver, played by Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, it's sort of awkward between the two of them. It's more of a competition sizing up, in a way. Yeah. It's more of an intellectual sizing up, right? Because we have these moments of of presenting their prowess and whatever they're good at. For Chalamet, it's music mm-hmm. and general literature, history, knowledge. Um, and of course for, um, for Army Hammer, for Oliver, it's his archeology span knowledge, his mm-hmm. linguistics knowledge, um, or etymology. Oh, okay. Um, and then of course, as time goes by, we get the two first two thirds of the movie is basically them figuring it out. Yeah. And then, you know, they finally get together. They um, have this sort of whirlwind uh, relationship. And once they go on this very short few day trip together, he has to go home. And um, and as the movie suggests, may not ever see him again. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. Not in the book. The book, they see each other again. Oh, okay. Um, but it's you know love require love require <laughs> love <laughs> acquired uh, lost. If you want a more in depth on that, go back and listen to our before sunset episode. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean that's a very extreme case of of this movie's themes. But, I would say, but similar. You know, uh, these two people meet, they fall in love. And then they have to say goodbye. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, and you know, and it's it's very, it's very awkward at first. Um, Elio does not like Oliver not at really. all. Um, you know, even calls him arrogant. Yeah. And because he doesn't like how Oliver just says later to everyone. You could argue that he is trying to convince himself not to like Oliver. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's and by telling other people that he thinks he's arrogant, he wants other people to say, "Oh yeah, you're, you're right." You're right in saying that. But instead, people are like, "I don't think so." I, I yeah. and I don't think you think that. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, it's not only you're wrong, but you don't even believe that either. So, um and again, he has this movie is very strange with this sort of subject matter. Number one, it's not a gay movie. No, right? Not at all. These gentlemen aren't necessarily, you know, straight homosexual. No. That was a poor choice of words. A hundred percent homosexual. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Either gay or straight. You know. Right. They they ebb and flow. Uh, I saw in an article it was more bisexual, pansexual. Right? Yeah. Uh, for both of them. That. And see, and I was thinking that, you know, because, you know, sprinkled throughout the movie is Elio and maybe kind of building off of what you were saying, him trying to convince himself that he doesn't like Oliver. Elio trying to have a, you know, consensual heterosexual relationship. And does. And does with Marzia. Yeah. And seems to actually, he seems to actually very much enjoy it. Yes. But there's something about Oliver. It's almost like he's using... 
Marcia. Thank you. Marcia, I didn't know how to say her name. Well, I'm going to be real. When when they first introduced her, I thought she was his sister. Because mm. she's, you know, he, he's got side-by-side beds in oh, his yeah, room. Yeah. And she's on one. So I was like, okay, maybe they're brother and sister. Right, right, right. And then right. as the movie develops, I was like, what's going on? And then... <laughs> That's funny. And then it's implied... Then uh, I don't remember where, but, you know, they pretty much say that, like, they're childhood friends. I was like, oh, oh, thank God. Right. Oh, thank God. Oh, phew. Yeah, because that would have gotten that would have gotten real dicey. The, yeah, I don't think the movie would have gotten a uh, ten-minute standing ovation. That's right. Had uh, had they had the book and the movie also had this little sprinkle of incest. In right. It. Yeah, yeah. No way. <laughs> um, <laughs> God. But you know, I think he's using her really for at at this point anyway the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, until he gets it from Oliver, then he really kind of doesn't need her anymore because he uses Oliver for intellectual stimulation and right. emotional stimulation, mm-hmm. not just physical, right? Because at that right. point, that didn't exist between them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I read an article today. Is this the 20-page article? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we'll get to that one. Oh, God. <laughs> this one. Um, if if you're watching, if you're listening, Jeremy just held oh, up a yeah, piece of paper. Oh, yeah, I held up uh, several pieces of paper. I think it's uh, four or five. Um, this is uh, by Richard Brody um, from The New Yorker. Um, Richard Brody also wrote one of the ones I talked about in Mank. When oh, we were nice. Doing that okay. Um, he does not like this movie. Really? And I thought that was important to get a sort of jaded side of this it's easy to say this movie's amazing because you know a lot of a lot of it is yeah right not in corner this guy okay yes this movie is very good but he uh mr brody um he titled this the empty sanitized intimacy of call me by your name Hmm. um a lot of it has to do with when when he starts out he's just talking about there is there's no real stakes right meaning in okay a movie like this normally has barriers or obstacles Mm, okay right so disapproving parents uh, a society mm, that won't let them be together right the the like the classic romeo and juliet take uh broke mac mountain take broke exactly for example see i've never seen it but i do know that there is a lot of you know we can't do this what are the people going to say? Exactly. Yeah. And they were both married. Yeah. Um, it, but in this case, it's sort of, that's not there, right? The the tension, which uh, this guy talks the about. 22 page in the 22-page article. In the 20-page article. He talks about that a lot of the tension comes between just the two of them figuring it out, right? Yeah. Which is true. I mean, it's absolutely true. The lack of an antagonist doesn't necessarily mean lack of tension or... yeah or lack of problem solving, right? Mm. This is still a movie with drama with the two of them, right? Mm. Well, and there still is a little bit of that, you know, like when when Elio first tells Oliver his feelings, Oliver says, you know, we can't really talk about this. Right, and this is to Brody's point, which is they don't. They don't talk about it. Uh, He says they are... Hold on. They're the most tactic of friends and the most silent of lovers. Mm. Meaning that they, yes, they talk about literature, history, 
etymology. Uh, they they talk about all this stuff, but they don't talk about them. They don't talk about their feelings towards one another. Okay, we see okay, it okay. mostly in physical contact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Oliver first gets there, we get the shoulder rub, right? Yeah. Which um, he mentions at the end of the movie, that was his first initial... Like, hey. Like, hey, right? Yeah. That's a pulling of a pigtail, if you will, on the schoolyard. Oh, nailed it um <laughs> i was like what are you talking about and i was like oh you you mean children like, yeah uh, you know that was and even in that uh, in that instance that you're talking about which is you know when they're out in town mm-hmm. and they're saying it without saying it right like they're they're speaking in incomplete sentences yeah yeah because yeah because because uh, they're walking around that World War One memorial at right. opposite sides, which I love that shot. Yeah, I love it's great that they walked around on opposite sides. But then, um, you know, then Elio says, "Because you're the only one I could talk to about this." You know, wink, you know, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. Right. And and Oliver picks up on it. Right. I wouldn't have. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I maybe just because I don't have feelings for Timothy Chalamet. Sorry. For everyone out there who thinks Dude, that's he's crazy. listening now, and now I he's, know he's, he's so he's, upset. He's wiping the tears away. Like, okay, fine. Then. Yeah, he's staring at a fireplace, thinking about me now. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, Timothy Chalamet. No, but um, in Brody has a point. Brody has a point that, um, in this version, I'm sure the book is a little bit more in depth. Okay, but in this version of the story, our our storytellers don't care about the characters just the story as a whole right the the getting from point a to b to c right it's we're not it's not a character study which i think brody was expecting Uh, Mm. again that has a lot to do with film criticism that i don't think people realize is people go in with expectations and then if that's not met no matter how good the movie is they're still mad about it um if you want more of that listen to our birdman episode yeah (laughs) because there's a character that was written for that purpose. Right. So, anyway, well, that makes sense, you know. Yeah. With a movie that has this kind of subject matter, mm-hmm. you expect it to do a deep dive into the characters, how they're feeling. And, yeah, and I think maybe that's why um, I really liked it. It's because okay. I didn't I didn't care to know how long, you know, Elio had been thinking about this. Like, if he, you know, had always had these feelings... And it wasn't until Oliver that he acted. Like, I didn't care. It's just right, right, right. these two people fell in love. And yes, they just happened to both be men. And I, and I think there's a, there's a legitimate reason for the way the, the movie is structured. And we'll mm. get to that. Okay. Um, but in here, you know, he mentions the lack of an antagonist. Okay. Right? Uh, it says, uh, they're in keeping with the story of a love affair of mutual discovery that is sheltered from a social circumstance, from prejudice, from hostility, from side-eye or religious dogma. Like, this stuff doesn't happen yeah. in this movie. Even his parents yeah. are like, yo, that's rad. He's super, <laughs> yo. yo, dude, he's hot, good job. <laughs> yo, um, hey, yo, you pulled down the Tim. That's what I'm saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's what Michael Stahlberg is doing at the end. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> But what um, what makes that sequence at the end, that monologue mm-hmm. that Stahlberg gives, which is amazing, by the uh, way. Yeah, amazing. Um, 
in here, Brody says that that's the most dynamic the movie gets because it seems to be the director's the director's most excited about this. Like he was less excited about the other things, and you can sort of feel that on screen. I don't know if I believe that. I but, neither do I. Um, but again, it, it's it is a very third person movie. We're not in anyone's point of view, really. We're seeing everything from a distance. Um, yeah. The movie was shot all on a 35 millimeter lens, um, whatever that means. And <laughs> I almost pretended to know. But I decided Could I'm, you not, imagine? I'm not going to fake it with you guys. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting trivia. I was on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting because he kept it the same. You know, yeah. I, I think the most creative the movie gets and the the point where I was like, oh, I liked it. That was cool. Was uh, Elio's dream uh, is in a warm colored negative. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was cool. And I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I, I will be honest with you. I got bored. There, there are moments in this movie where I was like, I need this to pick up a bit. But <laughs> there's a point. There's a reason for that. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So I could see that. Um, I, could, I could kind of see what, what did you say his name was? The guy who wrote Brody, that. Uh, Brody, yeah. Um, Richard Brody. Richard Brody. I could see what he was saying about the end of the movie with Michael Stahlberg, you know, giving this beautiful monologue of essentially telling his son, I accept you. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad about it. I think it's great. Um, and I could see where he's saying where the director, Luca, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Yeah. I just know his first name is Luca. Yeah. Um, was more excited about that. But I think I think what it was, and this is to me, I think it was his way of telling the audience, hey, look how happy his dad is for him. Like, yeah. this, this doesn't have consequences. This doesn't, you don't have to feel like he's going to tell his son, like, oh, well, we, you need to get rid of those feelings. Like, right. you know, and it's this, this father telling his son, like, I, I accept you. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. You know, even telling him, I'm envious that you found this. Yeah. You know, and, 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 but, and I see where he, I see where, where Robert Brody's coming from. But at the same time, I, I think that was the cue from Luca to tell the audience, hey, everything is going to be okay. Like, yeah, everything's good. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I started to have that feeling. I was like, oh my God, like, even though I suspected his parents knew, yeah, like why would they, why would they be okay with having their seventeen-year-old son go with this twenty-four-year-old who, yes, who's been living with them for five weeks, but why would they let them go off on an estate just to themselves? And it's it's because I think they knew, and and I think they wanted them to have alone time, essentially. Sure, and and you know, express these feelings in you know, see where it leads. Yeah. Right. Um, as long as it didn't hurt anybody, yeah. which it didn't, of course. which it didn't, except for that part of, uh, Elio vomiting. Oh while yeah. Were, I had a night on the town. There's a reason for that. Um, and we'll get to that. So Austin Daniel, uh, wrote this and, uh, he writes for a scriptophile. Okay. So that's where instead of just the movie as a whole, he takes the script, how he gets it. I don't know. But he analyzes I'm, the script. I'm sure he 
I'm sure he can ask for with it. within the parameters of film analysis. He uses the focal point to be the script, right? Okay. Um, what I really liked about his analysis is that he he focuses on the idea that Elio doesn't like to give a lot of information about himself. Mm. He he holds himself pretty close. He doesn't express himself in any sort of way to acknowledge feelings. He even mentions to um, his dad and Oliver that if only he were brave enough, next time uh, he and Marcia, Marcia would, would, have sex. would have sex. Yeah. If only he were brave enough to make that next step because he is so terrified of rejection. And who isn't, right? And what kid isn't? Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. And is is so terrified of if he were to reveal a lot or all of himself, would they accept it, right? Would anybody, mm-hmm. right? It isn't until he meets Oliver that he decides to go all in, right? Yeah. But that takes a while. Yeah, you know, because, yeah. And it's not until he shows Oliver his, it's kind of like, Hidey hole, essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, this is where I come to read. Right. And it's almost there that he's finally kind of letting his guard down mm-hmm. and, and letting Oliver in, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I like this. And that, of course, is why the first two thirds of the movie take so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I will say. I won't lie and say no. I wasn't bored, but I was like, I was like, it's, it's a little slow. It's yeah. a little slow. Um, but I did. I, I loved uh, all their interactions. Like even they were awkward. Like one of my favorites is when Oliver, you know, asks Elio to read this letter that he got. I guess about one of his uh, uh, papers, and he's like, "That was the nicest thing anyone said to me in months." And he's like, really? And he rolls into the pool. Like, I was like, that's pretty funny. Because Elio's like, wait. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I just, and I really liked it. Like I said, I did also feel like, okay, come on. It needs to, needs to pick up a little bit. But I also enjoyed the pacing simultaneously. So do you want to, do you, do you want to get right into it? Do you want to know why it's paced this way? Do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, and I'm sure you felt it without knowing it. Uh, which is a genius move on on these guys' part, uh, the way they structured this thing. Okay. Is once they're together, it's over so fast, right? Yeah. And that's to sort of... It's it's to highlight the wasted time, Mm. right? So, yes, both of them felt this way. From the beginning. Pretty much. And yet, they they wasted so much time by feeling each other out, seeing what you know, you know, showing off what they can do, uh, you know, maybe being a little you know antagonistic toward one another, and mm-hmm. you know, and then again trying to be like, well, is he noticing me? Was I too harsh earlier? Was all of that was wasted time? And so when they're finally together, it's over so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the, yeah. They finally get together, I think, around the 45-minute mark. And then... Oh, it's after that. Oh, it is? I think so. Oh, yeah. 
Um, it's well after that. It's well, because I know the around. last like ten minutes of the movie is it's winter and right, right, right. All, well, not even that. The last ten minutes. That's like that's like five. That's like maybe less. Still deep in Michael Stahlberg's right, right, right. But anyway, but yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I guess I didn't really notice. I would say out of two hours and twelve minutes, which is what this movie is, mm-hmm. uh, I would say almost an hour and a half is them not being together. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, because they, you know, there's there's these moments where we're seeing Elio with with Marcia, right. and you know, uh, and then Oliver with that other woman. I don't remember her name. Something with the C. Sure. Um, and you know, and then them, you know, going into town together and, mm-hmm. and going on adventures, and then the kiss sort of starts it, but even mm-hmm. then, there's still a lot of this kind of dead time. Right. You know, and then when they finally have sex and sleep together, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, when it starts to, we're almost over by that point. Right. And I'll tell you, the moment that, I don't think I need this anymore. Um, <laughs> I'll pick it back up if I need it. The the moment that I think in the book for sure, because he talks about it, uh, Daniel talks about it in the book, but he also talks about in the movie, um, and it, it's an awkward moment, mm-hmm. but it is it is solidifying Oliver's complete acceptance of Elio, and that's with the peach. It was a peach, right? What was that? Yes. Okay. Oh, and, and I knew that was coming because yeah. that was something else I knew later on. Yeah. Was the infamous peach scene. In the book, he eats it. Oh. Uh, and, and Elio weeps not just for the embarrassment, right, but also for the, I cannot believe this guy is accepting, accepting me for everything, right? Yeah. That is the, that is when that happens, hook, line, and sinker. That is when Elio has presented his entire self uh, whether he wanted to or not, mm-hmm. right? And that's when Oliver completely accepts it 100%. And, um, and I think later on down the line, I'm sure, and we're getting a sequel eventually. Um, I actually looked into that. Sidebar about yeah. the sequel. I looked into that, and apparently Luca, the director, said that with he and Timothy having so many projects coming up, and then, of course, all the controversy with ARMY... He doesn't think a sequel is going to happen. He, he, how he put it, sequel is on his very low priority list right Got now. It. Especially because he and Timothy are actually working on a project right now together. Oh, okay. Timothy's got that Wonka movie coming up. And I, I forgot about that. think they're about to start production on Dune 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if they haven't already. Yeah. Yeah, Luca said that that's, that's low on oh, his okay. priority list right now. But, you know, it's almost like here moving forward, he will be less afraid. Yeah. To to offer up all of himself to people that he deems worthy, right? Yeah. Or wants to, or whatever. Now, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming for the movie, the reason why he doesn't eat the peach is because I'm, I'm assuming they thought that audience was audience would find it gross. Who knows? I, I figured if he were to eat it, what's the difference? Because he was already, you know... Yeah, he was already handling it. So I mean, it's like, what's the difference to me? I, I don't know why he didn't. I, honestly, um, I, 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 I feel like, I feel like kind of 
what what you're saying about what happened in the book, you know, I think that was also. Um, it's also different to read it, I think. That's true, uh, but I think it was also Oliver's Oliver showing Elio that he accepts him. But I think you know Elio was more upset with the fact that yeah we we have all this wasted time, and and in the in the movie it kind of seemed like Oliver was sort of not necessarily teasing him a little bit, but playing with him like yeah he yeah, say, like, yeah. But what like watch this yeah yeah um but yeah but I mean but that makes sense why that would be in the movie you know why that is important it is important to their relationship exactly and uh, to the point you were talking about earlier is um where i would say elio is at his most vulnerable and simultaneously his his happiest is -hmm. in that moment embarrassing aside right Mm -hmm. embarrassment aside i i think the the saddest i think is when he is abroad with uh, with Oliver and they're on their trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver is is interacting with other people, right? And he is dancing with that couple, right? Or that woman at the what is it a church? I don't know what that was. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I don't honestly. I don't even know where they were. Yeah, I was, they were just, I, I missed that. Yeah, they were just like on a night on the town. Yeah, and he hears music and he's like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And it's just these. I'm assuming a couple and their friend just put their car doors open listening to music and Oliver like grabs the girl and is like, you know, come on, let's go dance. So when Elio sees that, he he is seeing Oliver interacting with other people and he is realizing probably for the first time that once they leave, he Oliver will now share himself with other people and he can't stand that because, Mm. again, they just got here. Right. They yeah. just got together and they are, you know, but the fact that Elio is now realizing it's finite, it's, yeah. it's, it's on borrowed time. He vomits. Right. And yes, it's sort of silly, but it, it isn't right. Because yeah. that's his first realization that it's all going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and I think this is where the drama comes in is, is, how heartbreaking the movie is, you know, that that these two have, you know, fully gone in together on yeah. this relationship. And it ends so abruptly, you know. Um, and in, in the... And their, and their quote-unquote sex scene together is also really, really sweet. Because, and I'm pretty sure they had sex multiple times. I'm pretty sure it was at least three. Um, but in intercut between that is, you know, this, this sweetness and the softness, you know, where we get the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Call me by your, your name and I'll call you by mine. Yeah. And it's almost, and you know, and Oliver says that and it's almost like he's telling Elio it's okay. Like we're... It's just you and I right well, now. Well, not only that, but we now... It, it's the same thing with the with the being vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. We have now... We have now offered all of our... All of ourselves to mm-hmm. one another. Therefore, we are now interchangeable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that... If, if you have my name and I have yours, it doesn't matter. 
right? No. Um, which is very sweet. No. Um, and that's how Austin Daniel defines the the title of mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name. And it makes complete sense. And I'm going to go with that. No. Um, no, so Jeremy, can I tell you my least favorite part about the movie? Absolutely, you can. So... In an otherwise, and I'm going to say it, otherwise perfect movie, um, the ending I did not like. You didn't. Because, look, I I understand that we needed to kind of catch up with Elio and how he's been since Oliver left. And I understand we also needed to catch up with Oliver. Um, You know. Sort of. Sort of. You know, and and I get that it was probably going to go this way that Oliver was going to get engaged to a woman and you know and it was going to break Elio's heart but truth be told after that conversation between Michael Stahlberg and Timothy and he says does mom know and he goes I don't think she does Mm -hmm. and it cuts and it fades to black I was like end it right there yeah and like to me that would have been perfect sure but I get it I get it we needed we as the audience we needed to see where these characters are now in yeah. their lives. You know, this was summer. Let's fast forward a few months later. Where are they now? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I get that. Most most dramas have a where are they now? An epilogue. Ending. Correct. But I, I just, as soon as it faded to black, I was like, is that it? Like, oh. And then I kind of clicked my Apple TV remote and I was like, oh no, we still have like <sighs> six more minutes. Oh, oh no, okay. we still um, So I was, that, that's the only thing I didn't like about it. Okay. It's just because I feel like that that ending was just great to end it on that line. Does mom know? I don't think she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, again, with the epilogue, we also learned that his mom either finds out or he tells her. Right, right. Because, you know, as he says, you know, they know about us. Yeah. And, you know, I just, like, I get it. Not, we're not gonna, I'm not going to do that again for mother, but, like, you know, I get it. We, we <laughs> needed to see where these characters yeah, are yeah. now but I and of course didn't... to me i i i love well we'll get to it i i do want to say in the book it's 15 years later oh holy shit and they meet in person they run to each other in person and so, oliver is married and has children so That's by that cool. math oliver would be 39 and uh and Elio. Elio would be 32. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, because they're seven years apart. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're seven years apart in the book, but... I'm gonna... Yeah, it's 17 and 24. Yeah. So, see, that would have been a very interesting ending for the movie, but I'm glad they didn't do it. Like, yeah, I'm not really happy with the ending, but I'm glad they did it the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Just them talking on the phone. Well, yeah, and of course, then there's that distance, right? We don't see Oliver. Oh, yeah. We, we just don't, hear We just hear Oliver. Yeah, we don't get that the kind of run of the mill cut back to him on his on his phone right or, which i wouldn't have liked or that split down the middle you know which i also just, wouldn't have liked we just hear his voice right and i do like that not only does oliver acknowledge their time together but by saying i remember everything it gives elio permission to to hold on to all of it not just mm. you know uh, not just bits and pieces, not just, you know, not being coy about it, you know, mm-hmm. not, uh, not just saying, Oh, that was Oliver. He was a student of my father's, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he could, 
he could be open and honest about all of it. Yeah. Right? This isn't, you know, it's Oliver's giving him permission not to be so secretive and not to hold those cards to his chest. Right. Uh, which I really liked. Now, I will say, I did I did like how they yeah. did the credits. See, uh, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, I, I did really love that. That yeah. we just stay on Timothy and, you know, he's crying because he's clearly remembering and he's clearly, you know, thinking and missing Oliver. Right. And I will say, you know, mo- nine times out of ten, most films, and I'll be honest, that aren't Marvel, I, I tend to not sit through the credits. Yeah. Um, but I was like, is anything going to change and and i do love that his mom walks in the frame and gently says his name and yeah. he turns around and then that's where we finally get the final cut to right 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 so i mean even though i didn't really appreciate the end i mm-hmm. i did like the final sequence dude that that credit sequence i love i yeah. i just you know to me I, I love it in audio version as well when the audio keeps going but the credits start rolling mm-hmm. right that i love too um, there's a few examples of that, um, and it's not obviously it's not going to be through the whole thing, right? right? Um, but in Black Swan, uh, you can still hear the audience cheering mm. uh, during the first part of the credits, which I really liked. Um, maybe it's just an Aronofsky thing. I think that also happens in Requiem for a Dream, but I. Um, Maybe. Uh, but anyway, I, I love it. It's been a while since I've watched oh. Requiem. Um, since we did the episode? Yeah. Uh, but it's... I love I love the continuation of the story over top the, the credits. That it's sort of like, hey, it's over, but not really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and again, you know, I, I really I really did love that. Because I, I, it, I love that it... It, it did... Like, I, I love that the, the credits didn't really feel like edited onto the screen and uh-huh. just had like this depth to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just love that we stayed on Timothy, you know, that kind of going back to his dad's monologue, he's allowing himself to feel the, the pain and the sadness, um, and the longing for mm-hmm. Oliver. Uh, cause that was a part of the monologue that I loved that his dad is like, I know you're feeling pain and I know you're feeling sad. Feel those things. Right. Don't try to push it down. Don't try to hide it. Like, feel it, embrace it. That way, you you don't. I'm assuming hate yourself later on because mm-hmm. you've taught yourself not to feel anything. I I think what Brody in the article mistook for um care into that scene. Mm-hmm. I think he mistook that. Which what it really was was just tremendous acting, and I think it oh, was yeah. Michael Stahlberg commands the screen. Absolutely. To me, he's the greatest character actor working right now. If you need examples besides our Hugo episode, fucking go watch Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, Boardwalk. Okay. Go watch Boardwalk Empire. Shape of Water. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, there's so many. I can't name them all. Uh, the, he is in so Isn't many. Isn't he things. In, also in a single man? Is he in a single man? Yeah, he's the main character. He is a single man. No. That's, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, a serious man. Serious man. My bad. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Didn't yeah, we even yeah, say yeah. that in our single man episode, that those movies came out around the same time? Yeah, and they're uh, I meant a serious man. A serious man, yes, and it, it, that's a tremendous movie also. That's from the Coens, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Shout Cohen. out to the Coens. That's Cohen. 
Um, but yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah, Michael, he he runs that scene. And again, great acting from Timothy, you know, just of course. being very, very reactive. Yeah. Because I, I assume, thinking of it from the character standpoint, I assume that Elio wasn't expecting his father to be so supportive. Right. Maybe. I agree. I mean, the movie tells us that his family is already very supportive of anything. And they have a very loving relationship and a like great relationship. Like with Sonny and Cher. And that's what they oh, called that, that gay couple. That gay couple, yeah. yeah. Mom calls them that behind their backs. Oh, so, well, then that's on you then. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was such a great monologue. And and I just love that he, that this, this dad knew instantly, right, my son's in love and he's hurting from love. And yep. that's what this is. And he knew that it wasn't Marcia, it was Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and also because they didn't really kind of know about their Marcia and his breakup kind of sort of. I, I mean, probably not. But again, there's a lot of what seems to be, it's the opposite of like Ozu, mm-hmm. right? When we did Good Morning, um, and I did that sort of like shallow dive into Ozu, not a deep dive. Yeah. It's a shallow dive. Um, where he won't let characters talk off screen. He won't let something happen off screen. Mm-hmm. Here, a lot of stuff happens off screen. Like, you could imagine or infer conversations that may have t- taken place since we've left that character or, mm-hmm. sit, right? Like, it's the opposite of Ozu. No. It's, um, it's sort of... Okay, so they know this probably because he they spoke about it and blah 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 blah, right? Like no. you know what I mean? Um and again it's a lot of what Brody had a problem with, which is the lack of the lack of what we would think people would talk about about their relationship. Mm. Like that doesn't happen, right? right? I think the most we get is with Maritia. Maritia, did I just say it right? Marcia. Marcia. Fuck. Um, M-A-R-Z-I-A. Marcia. Uh is we get a little bit of that when the when he comes break back. up oh. happens, right? And she goes, "Am I your girl? Am I your girl?" Right? And and I'm he, like, "Hey, he, someone's actually talking about the relationship. That's crazy." And he just goes, "But he doesn't." See what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of unspoken reading between the lines, sort of stuff you got to do. Well, and I think you know, speaking of Marcia, oops, excuse me, you like spit, spit everywhere. I know. Oh Jesus! I mean, people listening didn't see that, but um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I I wasn't expecting Marcia to accept that, you know, when when, when he comes back from the train station, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, you know, I love you. Like, we could still be friends. And he's like, for the lifetime. And, you know, and she, it's almost like she knew, like, okay, like he, maybe he didn't love her. But she knew he cared for her, but it was something about, I like to imagine she knew it was something about Oliver. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. No, I mean, you can take whatever you want. I mean, I could could be reaching, you know. But I I did like that she, you know, she still is like, you know, I love you. We'll still be friends. Even though, (laughs) as, you know, comedies have told us. It's hard to go back to being friends after you've had sex, you know. Maybe, yeah. 
But who knows? I mean, this is happening in Italy, so maybe she is going to be cool, like, just going back to friends. Yeah. I mean, and she's French on top of that. So That's true. Uh, it took me so long to realize she was speaking French because of everyone speaking Italian well, or, never, or, in a, just a foreign language to me in general. Well, uh, and, and Timothy, well, his whole family, they hop back and forth between French and Italian. Right. So. And, and English. And so yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm like, wait, because everyone's watching say a word. I go, wait, that's French. And then uh, in the script, in the the script file the thing, uh-huh. um, in the script it does say um, when her dialogue is as in French, and then it'll have it in French, and then the and English, then English, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and so she is speaking French, Hold on. Yeah. which means he's trilingual. Yeah. Um, well, I did read that Timothy was. learned uh, Italian and uh, learned how to play the piano for this movie. Unreal. And the well, piano playing is really good. Oh, dude. He yeah. kills it. If they ever did like a like like a history of jazz movie, they definitely got to get him involved in some way. Well, I hate to tell you, but not on screen. No, <laughs> it's I know. the history of jazz. I know. Um, not on screen. Yeah. Uh, no, he's Ryan Gosling. And oh, Lala. yeah. He's going to just white explain jazz to everybody. <laughs> Great. Can't wait to see that. Um, I mean, okay. Ryan, we love you, buddy. Can I, I, can I tell you, I can hear Zach screaming at, at the phone. You know what he's saying? What? You guys haven't talked about the necklace yet. And he's right. I oh, completely. Uh, the star yeah, of David. Yeah. So, um, so what this is, which I love, mm-hmm. is this is, and this is the noobs I forgot. Well, we're not we're not at the wrap up yet. Though. Well, I know, but I mean, it's it's been a while since we've even touched on you know, and I've said it several times, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but you know, it's is his guard is up, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And what's a great indication of that guard going down is the star of David, right? Yep, yep. Because uh, I love the the line where he says about his mom. You know, mom says that we're uh, Jews of discretion, mm-hmm. right? Um, because as he says at the beginning of the movie, besides you, we were the only Jews in this town. Right. And, and again, they have this sort of back and forth about what it's like to be Jewish in places that are not predominantly Jewish, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are the only Jewish people and have been for a while, right? In, In anywhere they go. And this is sort of, especially with Elio, this is a another example of you could replace Jewish with um, with homosexuality, mm-hmm. right? And you know whether he knew he had feelings for Oliver or for men in general up until that point, um, he wasn't letting himself believe it or outwardly do anything about it, right? Right. And so with him throwing that star of david on his chain right well, no i think it was a separate necklace oh okay because so i think he still kept oh, that he still had the other that one very on? thin chain but yeah. then yeah 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 because um when he's swimming and he pops up and Dude, that's when we see it for the first time that reveal yeah it was so cool i thought it was genius i i almost wrote it down but i'm like i don't want to write anything down. uh yeah no that was such a cool reveal yeah he pops up from the water you see the back of his head and his head twists around and, it, and it's in his mouth. And it flops out of it. Like, we don't even see it at first in his mouth. And then he kind of, like, uh, flicks his tongue and and it drops out of his mouth. And you're like, he's wearing the Star of David. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so... 
interesting. And and the fact that Oliver's getting to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he is now because yeah, Oliver yeah. has worn it the entire he's worn his the entire movie. Right. So yeah, at first I thought Oliver gave it to him, but then in a later scene you see Oliver still wearing his. Right. So I was like, oh Which he's... means Elio went and got his because he did say that his mom gave him one. Mm-hmm. Um and so he went and dug that up somewhere. Uh, not only to to just give it a try, but also to show Oliver that you're important enough that I listen to you and I am trying something that you do, right? I am, right. I, I am almost emulating. I was just about to say, em- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I thought that the, the necklace thing was incredible. Oh, it, yeah, it was yeah. a great representation of his his willingness or unwillingness to um, to be his entire self. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Oh yeah, and yeah. Using religion and Judaism for that is is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I really loved this. Uh, you know how how religion comes into play in the film. You know they don't touch on it. A lot, and it's not like a big part of the movie, but you know, Judaism is something that you know Oliver identifies with. You know, as he says at the beginning of the movie, you know, I grew up in a small little town in New England. I know what it's like to be the Jew out of place, which I thought was a real funny line. Yeah. Um, and you know how the Pelmans, Pelman, that's her last name, Pelman, Elio. Pel- Elio's family, yeah. you know, how they they kind of practice a little bit of everything since they're Italian and American and Jewish. Right. You know, when he says, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, last Christmas. And he's like, well, Christmas. Christmas. Like, but then at the end of the movie, we see them celebrating Hanukkah. Right. Which probably implies that Elio has said, like, hey, we should celebrate Hanukkah. Maybe. Year. Or they're never at the same time, usually. So they can yeah. do both. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, is Hanukkah is usually eight days before Christmas. I mean, it is an eight-day celebration, not necessarily that many days behind Christmas. It, right. It can. It depends, but it is an eight-day thing. Well, yeah, no, I knew that. But that doesn't mean that it's, you know, that doesn't mean day one is sixteen days before Christmas. It just means you know it's just yeah before Christmas. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, but yeah, but you know, I, I but I did really like how how Judaism. Was shown in the in the movie, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, a way to kind of you know shout out to our lobster episode, kind of a way to have these characters have some other connection, mm-hmm. you know that they're both Jewish, yeah, um, oh, yeah. yeah. And and I also again can't talk enough about the reveal with Elio. Like that that reveal was so cool. I know. And I was like, I was like that's that's tight. I know, and I was like, I don't know who to give that credit to, you know? Yeah. Like, you could say it's the director, but also like the timing what? is so good that you got to give it to both, I guess. Yeah, uh, like, what if Timothy was like, hey, like, what if I did this? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've watched him in interviews and, you know, like, actors roundtables. He definitely seems like the type of actor to collaborate with his director and be like, hey, let me let me try it this way. Right, yeah. I mean, it was really good. Yeah. Um, so, Jeremy. Yeah. Are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I'm ready to wrap up. So, so what did you think about the movie? Since you also went into this with fresh eyes, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, a movie like this, you know, with this, you know, I, it's very good. Mm-hmm. 
again, yes, I understand the the slow aspect of the first two thirds, right? It mm-hmm. makes sense. It's by design. Um, I, I mean, I gave it a four on Letterbox. Um, nice. So, I is it the best one? Is it as good as Brokeback? To me, no. I think Brokeback beats it, but mm-hmm. uh, again, that's comparing. And why do that? Um, I really I enjoyed it, and of course. Chalamet's performance is great. Mm-hmm. I'm always down for a Stahlberg performance. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of the remake of Suspiria, which is also this director's. Yeah, uh, I looked movie. into that. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's very good. Well, and and I I read that he said it wasn't really more of a remake as it was his own sort of like homage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to... it's not exactly the same at all. No. Actually, they're completely different. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, you know, I I also again enjoyed the movie. Um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, and it was great. You know, I'm really glad that I got it physically. Definitely going to try to convince Ashley to watch it. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you dug it. Are you proud of me? Yeah. Here, here comes the waterworks. Oh God. I just said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah. reel it back. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and anytime Captain Holt says he's proud of Jake, he's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So what what are we going to be talking about next week? Good question, because it won't be. It'll be a week from then. That's uh, true. So a little, a little inside baseball. If you've made it this far, yeah. we're recording this before our actual record date. Usually, yeah. Usually, but it's because Jeremy's going to be out of town. So we wanted to get this episode ready, locked and loaded. That way you guys don't have to go two weeks without an episode. Yeah, because I'll be gone for a week, eight days. Yeah. So, well, what will we talk about when you get back? When I get back, which is a week after this, or two weeks after this recording, or when it comes out, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I struggled with this today. Because okay. I, I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't want to do another love story. We've done two in a row. That's true. Uh, <laughs> because I... I was going to be like, oh, we could do this one, but no, that's a love story. I don't want to do three in a row. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just want to space them out. So I want let's do something off the wall. All Why right. not? I have some off the wall ones. Okay. Uh, where's my phone? It's on the floor. Here we go. <laughs> um, how about, how about, how about, how about, okay. So I think, man, um, there's some good ones on here. I think for next time, we are going to talk about, oh yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah. We're going to do come and see next time. I got to, I got to get, I got to get that ASAP then. Yeah. Um, Just because you know how Harold the Mod is sort of sweet and nice. This is sort of sweet and nice. Uh, So now you're going to just bum everyone out? I guess. From what I understand, it's pretty brutal. So, uh, and it's been long enough. People aren't like, oh, the Ukraine stuff. I have to watch this because everyone else is. Uh, it was a while ago. So we uh, still going on. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but as far as news cycles and public consciousness, it was years ago. So, <laughs> so <laughs> next episode, we're going to talk about Come and See, which yeah. is a uh, very intense uh, anti-war uh, I uh, I was telling my father-in-law about it. I was telling him how I need to get it because... Uh, I try, I, I try, the only movies I try to get that were on your list were the ones that 
had a Criterion release. Right, right. Because um, if I hated some of the movies you picked, then uh, like when it comes to Criterion, as I told you, the axiom of my collection is even if I didn't like it, I'll keep it. Like sure. That's why the original cut of Justice League is still on my wall. Right, and that's why you have uh, uh, the Lone Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> that's why you have Lone Ranger. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's what people should be mad at. Yeah. Uh, for Army Hammer. I don't know why people are mad about this other thing. As they should be more mad about that, but whatever. Well, uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was telling him about it and told him that it's a, it's a German film about World War II. Russian. No, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm 90% certain it was said German. All right, here we go. Oh, God. Well, anyway, uh, and I told him that it's about World War II and that it was you know an anti-war film. And he was like, really? Anti-war film? From... Germany or Russia or Germany or Russia or Germany country of origin Soviet Union I swear to God I, I read that it was Germany anyway it's fine Haley's gonna have to deal with me either waiting for me for two and a half hours or sit there with me for two and a half hours <laughs> she's not gonna like either option <laughs> well maybe future rain will actually put up the correct one but yeah. anyway um yeah man well I'm gonna have to get that yeah. As soon as possible. Yeah. Um, the cover is just devastating. I know. Yeah. I, I've seen it a is lot that, of places. I, do, I can't wait <laughs> to watch this thing, man. It's really going to bum me out, and I'm really excited about it. I mean, as I mean, we did a whole season over bummers. So. Yeah, sure did. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed um, this little longer episode of uh, Call Me By Your Name. We will see you next week for Come and See.